Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode, I'm really happy to have as my guest, David Wood. So David is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. He built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. As well as helping others, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself, having survived a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, anxiety and depression, and a national gong show. He helps business owners and leaders become the badass leaders people want to follow, creating more authenticity, connection, confidence, and revenue. And today we talk about his new book, Mouse in the Room, because the elephant isn't alone. You can get the book anywhere books are sold. So feel free to pop over to Amazon or to any other spot. And he also has a free gift for all of our listeners. So if you want that free gift, head over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. In the show notes for today's notes, you can click on get your free gift and you will get that immediately. So a big thank you to David. We had a great conversation. He talks all about naming your mice. You'll find out what that means as you listen. The hurdle of instant gratification and being unapologetically authentic. So thank you to David for a great episode and everyone enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you like it, make sure you leave us a review um, and also make sure you give David a follow on social media. You can find all of his handles at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com in the show notes for today's notes. Thanks everyone. Hey, David, welcome to the podcast. I am happy to have you on to talk about amongst other things, a new book release that's coming out today which is for people not listening today is June 13th. So we will definitely get to the book and we'll get to a lot of other things, but thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. And it's nice to meet you. Yeah, it's great to meet you as well. So I guess I let the cat out of the bag a little too quickly. We're going to get to the book towards the end, but let's get to the book in the beginning and at the end. How's that sound? Yeah. So tell us the name of the book and I will hand the mic over to you to, to give us a little snippet. Sure. And I would have mentioned the book because it's going to fit in with the topics we want to talk about, like courage and practicing deliberate discomfort. The book's called The Mouse in the Room because the elephant is not alone. And I'm writing this book because we all know about that expression, the elephant in the room. You see it. I see it. No one's saying anything. Well, that's just weird. And I think we should all address the elephant in the room. But For most of us, many creatures in the room are much more subtle. They're not as huge as an elephant. Maybe it's something that I see and and you don't see it, or I don't know if you see it. Um, I think a lot of us are actually putting on unconsciously an act for the world because we don't want to get in trouble and we don't want to be uncomfortable and we don't want to make the other person uncomfortable. So we say what's going to fit into a nice box. The problem is when we do that, we can feel disconnected from the world. We can feel more isolated, lonely, and 
people won't trust us as much. They won't know why. They'll just know something's off because this person isn't being real. So we're writing, uh, we wrote Mouse in the Room so that people can start to notice their mice and go, oh, I'm actually upset about that. Or I have a desire I haven't mentioned, or I have a confession mouse over here. Or you know what? There's some appreciation I need to bring into this space here. Want people to identify their mice and then artfully name them so that they can come into more connection, more intimacy. And then through more trust, there's good business application too. People are going to want to work with you and buy from you and, and follow you as a leader. They may not necessarily know why, but they'll be like, oh, this person's real. This is someone I can count on. So there's the short version of Mouse in the Room. Excellent. And, and maybe we'll get into a little bit of those mice later on. But before we get into that, as you were speaking, you had mentioned the word courage. And it, I always think, God, it does take courage to speak your mind. And should we always be speaking our mind? And should we always be using our courage? So why don't you talk a little bit about how uh, what you say 30% more courage can double your happiness. We have a lot of people who are entrepreneurs who are listening, so maybe double your revenue. So what does that mean? Can you break it down? Yeah. Something my co-author said recently that stuck with me was, you can choose the discomfort of wearing a mask or the discomfort of telling your truth. It's, it's, it's one or the other. And there's a lot more upside associated with one of those things. So I, I love the concept of courage. I found as a kid, whenever I didn't do something that felt right be, out of fear, I would like myself a little less. So if I didn't ask that girl out or if I didn't uh, confront that bully or if I didn't stand up for myself, I would I just feel smaller. And it, it's an icky feeling. I don't want anyone to have that. Conversely, I discovered that when I am willing to take a risk, and do something that's a little scary, um, even if I don't get the result that I wanted, I feel better about myself. It's like I went for it. An example of this, I went to a conference where I was awestruck by the people that I was hanging out with. It was like Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup and John Gray from Mars and Venus and Don Miguel Ruiz is a member. And I'm like, oh my God. And when I left the event, I looked back on it and I realized I made four bold requests that terrified me. Like I asked Jack Canfield if he'd be interested in writing a book together. That was very scary. I figured he probably gets about 100 proposals a day for something like that. I asked someone if she wanted to go out with me and have our first date be a trip to Columbia. I asked an Oscar winning producer if um, like what it would take for me to do a ride along on his next film shoot. These were all scary things. Now, I didn't get a yes to everything that I asked for, but I felt complete. I feel like, yes, I went for it. They say if you, um, I'm going to butcher this quote. It's, it's something about, the, the trivial quote is, if, if you don't ask, you don't get. You're already starting with a no. That's the default answer. So I think it behooves us to, Find our edge. Like, what is our edge? Is it, if you're an entrepreneur, is it asking a celebrity to endorse your product? Is it uh, asking 10 people to be affiliate partners that, that you think would never give you the time of day? Is it, 
calling 10 people and asking them to become clients because you think you could serve them. I don't know where your edge is, but each listener needs to find their own edge. Like what would feel uncomfortable and a little scary, but could have some great upside. And again, I'll say the main benefit is you get to feel better about yourself. And as a bonus, you may actually get some yeses, which might surprise you. Like, oh my God, someone said yes. That's a bonus. And do you feel like even if you fail or even if you get these no's or even if people don't give you the time of day, does it help to boost your confidence because you're asking the question and you're putting yourself out there? I think it absolutely does. Um, And this ties into the book really well, because if you're going to name a mouse with someone, you're going to say like what I just mentioned to that conference were desire mice. I had like four desires. And so I named them. I felt better about myself. I felt more confident. And I actually got a yes. One of those four questions got me a yes. And I was like, oh my God, that's really cool. So yeah. And, and what, what we did have as a subtitle is this is your pathway to connection, confidence, and becoming a badass leader that people want to follow. Because if you hide what you're tolerating, if you hide what you desire, if you hide what you're ashamed of, then those mice get to breed and you get more and more of them. And that's where shame can really thrive. Whereas if you bring yourself to the world and say, hey, this is who I am. Every time you do that, every time you name a mouse, uh, it gives you a chance to increase your confidence and belief in yourself because it's you. It's like, this is my desire. You don't want to grant that? Okay, thanks. Hey, this is something that's bugging me. Could we change that? No. All right. Gave it a shot. Um, we want to get back to like that, that confidence of when we were five years old for many of us and we were able to just go for stuff and we hadn't been beaten down by life. I want people to get back in touch with what's going on inside and then artfully bring it. Now you brought up earlier on, do we, should we name everything? No. If you go to someone's house and it looks like a pigsty and you're uncomfortable there, maybe you suck it up for 20 minutes until you leave. And maybe they don't need to know that. Or maybe if you got a gift from someone, maybe you don't have to tell them. But hey, if they've given you that thing three years in a row, it might be a kindness to, to, to speak up. In one of the chapters of the book, we give you a test to work out, is this worth naming? Is this something? Um, that I should bring and could bring? And if yes, how will I artfully do it so that I'm unlikely to trigger a huge response in the other person and they can be like, oh, all right, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, let's, let's work that out. And what do you say to people who may think, well, okay, I can have the courage, I can ask all these questions, but I keep getting no, 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 no. You know, is that going to kind of reinforce this? Um, uh, I don't want to say lack of confidence, but maybe reinforce to people that, oh, it's not worth it. Right. I, I keep asking these questions. I keep getting no's. And it reminds me of, let's say, actors or actresses who go out for parts because they get a lot of rejection, but they keep doing it. Right. So yeah. what do you say to those people who are like, I've gotten enough no's and I don't want to get any more no's. Did you know that eight months ago I started acting? 
No. And I started acting eight months ago. And in three weeks, I'm moving to Los Angeles to pursue acting. So I know a bit about this. Um, Byron, I, I have two answers, two broad answers to this. One is um, if you're getting, let's say you ask, a, Katie says, Byron Katie says, you can have anything you want in life if you're willing to ask a thousand people. So I think there's real value in asking a thousand people. And if you ask a thousand people and you get a thousand no's, there might be something wrong with the question. So that might be where some coaching can come in. It's like, how am I asking? And is there a way that I'm, am I selling the sizzle in this? Am I like, you know, so there's two answers and they're both true. You, you want to ask in a way that's enrolling, but be careful about getting attached to the outcome. This is what people collapse. And I got this from Landmark Education a long time ago. People think it's one or the other. You can be committed to something. I am going to make this happen. Martin Luther King, I'm going to free the slaves. Gandhi, I'm going to free India. You can be committed to something. Or you can be um, unattached. But you can't be both. And so as soon as they get committed to something, they think they have to get it. And if it's not coming straight away or, or early on, there's a problem and I'm going to collapse and I'm going to make it mean something about me. Landmark helped me distinguish the two. They said there's commitment and then there's attachment. And they're two separate things. What if you could be committed to something and how you show up every day is aligned with that and yet you're unattached to if the universe says yes. Now that's a powerful place to stand. Mm, yeah. And that's something that, you know, I'm a physical therapist. So as a physical therapist, you know, I often tell younger therapists that you can't attach yourself to the outcomes of your patients. So you can't be judging your success as a therapist wholly on the outcomes of your patients, because sometimes people improve and sometimes they don't, which may be wholly out of your control, but right. you have to show up and do the best you can based on the evidence that you have. So kind of the same line of really thinking, good, right? It's a really good example. And I heard an expression recently that I, I decided to steal because it spoke so well to this. You know, uh, a friend of mine said, oh, well, it sounds like you're moving the ball further down the field. And I was like, I love that because that I can control. I can't control the goal. I can't control what other people say or do. I can't control if I make the sale, but I can move the ball further down the field. I can position it in the best possible way. And I can don't ask 500 or a thousand people if, if, um, if they want to buy what I have. Recently, I decided to, oh, it's happening in acting all the, all the time. Now, if I was attached to getting a yes to every audition, I'd have to give up after two days. Totally. But the way I'm reframing it for myself is those auditions are my performance. That is my acting. And so I'm submitting to 100 plus things a week um, around the country. And most of them I know I'll never hear back from, but I'm playing the long game. I'm playing the law of large numbers. And in the last eight months, I've had um, 
a yes to playing the lead in a, in a local paid production of Dracula. I got a yes to doing two commercials that I got paid for six short films, four of them free, two of them paid. Now I had to do a lot of auditioning and submitting because I don't have um, a lot of experience. And so some of it's luck. You just keep going until someone says, Oh, I like the look of you. Let's get that guy in. And uh, when Jack Canfield came to my live event, he got up there and he spoke about the law of large numbers. You need to ask enough people. Now, sure, you ask a thousand people, you get a no. There's something about how you're asking, but don't give up after five or 10 or 50 or 100. Go and be like that kid in the playground. It's like, hey, do you want to ride on my tricycle? No. Okay. Hey, do you want to ride on my tricycle? No. Okay. Hey, do you want to ride on my tricycle? Be you. That's what the book's about. Like express yourself, express your desires. I think at some point, someone's going to be like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'll do it. And you're like, what? Really? I didn't think I'd get a yes. And then the next time you won't be as surprised and you, or you'll hide the shock better. Yeah. At some point, the key fits the lock, right? right. Um, and, and I also love kind of that concept of moving the ball down the field a little bit at a time. And I know for myself, I have always been like, well, it needs to happen. If it's not happening now, then it's never going to happen. Or if it's not happening in the timeline, I perceive something to happen. Then that means, oh, well, it's not going to happen. It's not for me. And I used to kind of tend to give up a little too easily. But now I have come to the realization that, like you said, if you move the ball down the field a little bit at a time, that it doesn't have to happen all at once. But as long as you're making forward progress and you're working towards the goal, it'll happen. Because let's be honest, we're living in a now. Everything has to happen quickly. This social media, quick, quick, quick decisions. And if it doesn't, then we're losers. And that's a problem for people who want to be successful. Because if there are any good rewards to doing something, let's suppose you're going to start a, a, a business selling widgets. If there are any good rewards for that business, it's not going to be easy to do because if it's easy, then the first three people into the market are going to take all those rewards and, and it's going to be flooded by people doing the easy thing and there'll be less rewards. The rewards are gone. Seth Godin wrote a wonderful book on this called The Dip. And if you're not prepared for any kind of a dip, it might be hard to get any good rewards. Now, don't go overboard. You might not decide on brain surgery as a career because that's, that's a really big dip. But if you want to start a business or go and get a better job or switch careers or find a life partner or something like that, some of those things are going to have a dip to them. And it's good to just know that going in and say, all right, roughly how long are we looking at? Like if you're going to start any new business, if you do it well and work hard, you're probably looking at at least three years to turn the corner and make a profit. Now know that going in and then have someone to remind you when things look bleak. Yeah, this is going to take some time. You're going to have to keep going at it. I've been doing podcast interviews for three years now. I think I've done 300 interviews. Oh my and goodness. I, I think I might only just be starting to get some, some traction and to get get known and people like, oh yeah, that guy from that, you know, from mouse in the room. And now I'm about to launch a book and, uh, you know, I'll do six months of beating the bushes 
just yes, a few days ago, I said, decided to reach out to my colleagues and thought leaders and influencers. Some of those people are never going to get back to me. They're not even going to respond and give me the time of day because they're busy or I'm not big enough on the totem pole. That takes something to reach out to all those people. I got to screw up my courage and be willing to be uncomfortable and then put it out there and then be surprised by who says yes and who says no. Yeah. And as we're talking about courage, are there times when maybe you shouldn't be following your courage? When are the times that, that you say, Hey, well, let's pull back for a second. Great question. When I was growing up and I realized I didn't like feeling small, um, I started leaning into my fears and uh, there's a name for it. Apparently it's a counterphobic. So if you're afraid of something, you lean into it. And that's my style. And that produced a lot of benefits and rewards and a lot of growth, but I didn't know when to say when. I didn't know how far was too far. And um, you can traumatize yourself. You can burn out. You can push yourself too far. I would go into paragliding and hang gliding because I was afraid of heights. And I've had a couple of accidents and even uh, had a slight compression fracture in my spine, doing a couple of things that were out there. I was afraid of abandonment. So I thought, well, let me see what open relationships is like and dating more than one person at once and see if I can conquer this fear. I found that I have limits. My nervous system and my psyche has limits that I need to respect and be humble about. So I think it's about finding your sweet spot. You don't want to stay in the comfort zone your whole life. It gets very uncomfortable over time. You need to find your edge, but don't go way past it to the point where you might be like, you know, killing yourself in a motorcycle accident or doing something completely reckless or going on national TV to speak. If you haven't even spoken yet, like find your edge. There's a sweet spot for each person. Here's a wonderful exercise. It's very practical. You grab a piece of paper and write at the top of it. If I was fearless, the big capital I F if I was fearless, what would I do? And you can have one page for business and work. This is what I do. This is who I'd ask. This is what I go for. I do a Ted talk, I blah, 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 blah. And then another page for personal. This might be what I'd say to my partner. This is what I might say to my kids. This is what, what I might ask for. This is what I might do. I might move to Brazil. I might go cross country and move to Los Angeles and start acting like whatever it is for you. Start writing things down, knowing that you don't have to do anything on those pieces of paper. That's important because otherwise your mind might hide these things from you. You just want to find out what would be edgy and then you don't have to do any of it, but you might like to circle two or three things that would be in the right at that edge. Like, yep, that would be uncomfortable. And I think I'd feel proud that I did it. Do those. You can start with those and work your way up to the bigger stuff. Or if you like me, do the, the scariest one first and everything else is easier after that. Right. Oh, that's a great exercise. I have it written down here, so I am going to do it. And it's almost like a way to open up your mind to more possibilities, maybe things that you, you, you didn't think that, um, didn't think you could ever even imagine doing. But I like that you said, listen, you don't have to do it. 
but let's write some stuff down. Just see what comes out of your mind because you never know. We start with awareness and it's the same with mouse naming, with mouse in the room. You want to become aware of your mice. What are, what is going on in your body? What are the confessions that might be lurking? What are the desires that haven't been named? The tolerations, the appreciations. You want to become aware of these. Now you have a choice. Am I going to name it? Well, let me go through the paint by numbers system in the book and, oh, okay, yeah, I could do that. And then you'll go and name that mouse. There might be another one. You, you weigh it up and you're like, all right, I can see the upside. There's also a downside. Like if you committed a crime, you might be prosecuted. You might be arrested. You could do jail time. You're, if you, if you uh, cheated on your partner and you decide to go and name a confession mouse, there could be consequences. So it's not for the faint of heart to tell your truth and you don't have to name all of them, but the book will help you weigh it up and go, all right, here's the upside. Here's the downside. And here's the downside. If I never say anything, that's often what we don't address. And so then you can factor it in and go, all right, I, I think I'm just going to call, call this person. We're going to have a chat about it and we'll see what comes out of it. Even if it doesn't go well, does that mean it was the wrong move? just because the first round didn't go well? No, maybe they need to have their reaction and then you felt uncomfortable and you have a bit of space and then you might say, hey, could I have a round two? I feel like I could have listened better uh, and I'd really like to work this out with you. Let's have another one. And then maybe you surprise yourself and you're like, wow, I feel really close to that person now. I feel really connected. Now we've got a great working relationship. Now I feel closer to my kid. Now I feel lighter because I'm being me in the world. That's what I want for people. And can you give an example of maybe a mouse or two that you've named for yourself, just so people have a better idea of like, what, what is he talking about when he's saying, saying name, name these mice or name this mouse? So can yeah. you give an example or two of maybe a mouse that you've named for yourself? I'll give you an example of one from last night that I wish I had named earlier. Um, and I, I kept it to myself for too long. I had a poker game, had some friends over. And at one stage, someone else arrived to the game and there was so much commotion and people getting up and noise and whatever. I got anxious. I had a, a panic feeling. And so, um, but I didn't say anything. I just tried to deal with it. I went outside. I, I calmed down a little bit on my own. And then I had the resources to say, hey, yeah, I got really activated and uh, I think I'm okay now. But I could have said that in the moment. I said, wow, really activated. I'm going to go outside for a little bit. Would someone come out with me? I could have said mm -hmm. that. But I was a little bit too triggered to do it. That's, that's, um, that's what I would call a, maybe a medium-sized mouse. It was pretty big in the moment. In fact, in the moment, it was huge. We call them rodent of unusual size for any Princess Bride fans. I was just going to say the ROSs, RUSs, yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm just going to restart my video because it went all fuzzy for a second. Um, then there are you know bigger ones that might have stayed with you for years. You might have had them for a long time. I was asked by one of my coaches to make a list of anyone I wouldn't want to pass on the street, anyone I'd feel uncomfortable seeing or anyone I 
I still harbored resentment for. And initially I'm like, ah, oh, there's no one. But as we dug and, you know, over time I came up with a few people and one of them was a, a bully from high school, like 20 years earlier, um, who had just really not treated me well and made fun of me. And, and uh, we used to be friends. And the coach said, all right, call him. You know, we didn't have the terminology name that mouse, but the coach was like, call him and clear it up. And I said, hell no. I'm not going to call this guy after 20 years. He's going to think I'm an idiot. And she said, and I'm going to translate it to this language. She said, basically, well, that's another mouse. So start with that. And I was like, oh, okay, I could do that. So I tracked down his number and I called him and I said, I'm so worried you're going to think I'm a complete idiot for calling you about this after 20 years. And he got curious. He said, oh. Well, what is it? What do you got? What's going on? I said, you always push me around and one-upped me and I tried to one-up you, but you were better at it. And um, I really resented you and I'm letting it go. You don't have to do anything. I just thought I'd let you know. And he said the most mind-blowing thing. This was the jerk. Like for 20 years, I'd been treating him as a jerk in my head. He said, well, what could I say or do now to help you or us move forward it just blew my mind and if i can call him and call the girl who dumped me twice in high school and call the guy who ran the company that i sued to see if there are any ill feelings and call the person that i committed a crime against when i was younger and i could have been prosecuted by saying hey it was me and i'm sorry can i make it right uh, I've done that twice, actually. If I can do that, then just consider what could you do? It might be uncomfortable. And you don't have to do it without the paint by number system we outline in the book. That'll make it so much easier for you. But there are really beautiful things on the other side of that discomfort. Right. So so these these mice or the mouse that you name is just sort of this discomfort or this uneasy feeling that you've been harboring about topic X, Y, Z or person X, Y, Z, you naming it so that you can confront it and move past it. Yeah. There might be a, there might be a healing for me involved. Maybe the other person's got something going on it that you don't even know. I had my, my brother was getting coached and um, they gave him homework to call somebody and name a mouse. And he couldn't think of anyone. And the, co and the coach said to him, it doesn't matter how small it is, just trust in the homework, go and do it. So he called a, a girl that he'd broken up with uh, a year earlier and said, look, I just, I don't know if you made it mean anything about you, but I want you to know that was everything about me. I was not in a space to be in a relationship and I really think you're awesome. And just in case you were thinking anything else, I wanted to let you know. And he said the impact on her was unbelievable. She started crying and she said she'd been thinking that she was a loser because of that whole thing. And he came back to me and said, look, I got no money, but that call was worth $10,000 to me. This, and he was like 22 at the time. He's like, that call was just unbelievable. So the upside 
of sharing your truth in an artful, ideally blameless way can be extraordinary. Everyone wants to be human. They want to be human and they want to open their heart. That's my belief. That's my story. Now, it's not going to happen every time you talk with people, but even that boss that I called where I I sent a letter of demand and was threatening a lawsuit, we got chatting and he said, oh, look, back at the time, it didn't feel very good. I didn't like to part with the money, but that's water under the bridge. And I said, well, how are you doing? He told me we never had a personal conversation. He told me about his divorce and what was going on. I felt so close to that guy. I hung up the phone feeling like we're buds now. All of it, because I just called to say, is there any hard feelings from that? I'm, I'm hoping, hoping not. So it's, it's a gateway, courage in general. And I think particularly courage about the things where we have a bit of charge can be a gateway to connection, confidence, and being the badass leader that people want to follow. I love it. And where can people find the book? It's out today, which is again, yeah, June 13th, in case you're listening to this on the 14th or the 15th or whenever. Or whenever. So, whenever. Yeah. yeah, go to mouseintheroom.com and uh, there'll be a link there for you to go to Amazon and, and get your book. We've got a special going. Um, a special going. We're going to do the Kindle for like something crazy, like 99 cents. Um, because we want to just do a bestseller campaign. And so you could get the book for almost nothing or pay for the, you know, pay the $12.95 or whatever, whatever for the book. But we'd love you to support the bestseller campaign. And the way you can do that is get the book, post on social media that you got the book because it's a good idea to have your friends naming mice with you. It's hard to do in isolation, but if your friends and the people around you are like, oh, yeah. This is what, can I name a mouse with you? Oh, you got a mouse to name with me? Yeah, shoot. That's what I want for the world. Uh, and if you think it deserves a five-star review, please leave one because that's what'll help us climb in the rankings and hit that lovely bestseller title, which is really just an excuse to bring people together for a party. Absolutely. And if people want to get in touch with you, they have questions, maybe they want to work with you. They want to know how, you know, where you are uh, in life, where can they find you? Yeah, there's a contact form at, the, at, at my website. So mouseintheroom.com might even redirect you to my other website, but then you'll be able to see contact form. You can request coaching from me. I usually get on the phone with people and we see if it, if we're a fit and if it makes sense. Uh, if you're interested in mouse naming for your team or your company, I'm particularly interested in that because we can start shifting the culture and have people sharing their desires and actually not letting things fester. I think it's wonderful for team building. And so you can reach out through the contact form about corporate trainings or team, team trainings. Perfect. And before we wrap things up, is there anything that maybe we missed or that you want to really leave the listeners with? You're already doing things right. You got this far. You don't need fixing. And there can be a lot more connection in the world for each of us. And I've found if you can just go through some of those scary places of discomfort and just screw up some courage there are some beautiful things waiting on the other side. And I will, I could almost promise you that on your deathbed, you're not going to go, I should have stayed quiet. You're going to say, I'm glad I read that book and I'm glad I spoke up 
my truth more and more often and I went in that direction, that's how to live. We don't want to watch movies about people hiding their truth and staying small. We want to watch movies about people being themselves in the world. And that's what I want for the world. I think this is what can really heal the planet is people being more of themselves. Awesome. And last question I ask everyone, and that's knowing where you are today in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? At times it's going to get very hard. It might get so hard that you don't know if you're going to make it, but you do, you know, even because it's, even though it seems like you, you just can't make it, you're stronger than you think, and you will find something new. You will learn a new way to cope and then you'll go on. Then the universe is going to bring you something else, but try to remember when you're in the middle of it. Okay. It feels like life and death, but usually it isn't. I love it. That is great advice, David. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. And again, everyone run out, get the book, get it on a Kindle, get it in, in, in something in your hands if you can as well. Um, the book is out today, The Mouse in the Room. David, thank you so much for coming on. Sure. And also as I read it to your kids, you want your kids naming mice. You want to name mice with your kids. So um, we didn't talk about parenting, but I think it's very, there's a chapter on, on mouse naming for parents. So thank you. I am excited and I appreciate the chance to, to talk about it. Pleasure. And everyone, thanks so much for taking the time to listen, get out there, start naming your mice and have, uh, and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.